Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in the Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The cheerleaders at a gym in Buffalo have been recording themselves. What's up? to make a new documentary. We're the so-called news reporters. Because one year ago, a mass shooting changed their lives. He just walked around and shot all the black people. The cheer squad, most of whom are black, had to figure out how to go on and how to compete. I wanted the win for them more than anything this season. Listen to the Embedded podcast from NPR within the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. It's Las Vegas, it's the 1990s, and it is time to find a husband. There were four Jewish doctors who were felt to be eligible bachelors. One of them was Bob Berenbaum. On paper, he was perfect. 
But in reality... This guy's a wacko. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Elvis Duran on my new podcast, Thinking Out Loud with Elvis Duran. I'll be bringing you candid and maybe sometimes a little crazy interviews with people from all walks of life. We'll touch on subjects that you just can't talk about on the radio, like life, love, success, failure, whatever else comes to mind, but all jacked up. Because after being in this business for as long as I have, I want to get to the bottom of what makes people tick. Listen to my new podcast, Thinking Out Loud, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's me, Isaac Mizrahi, and... Oh my God, we have such a special guest coming up on Hello, Isaac. It's the fabulous Andy Cohen. He's here to talk to us about all the stuff you want to talk to Andy about. And darlings, that episode is coming out on Monday, July 31st. Listen to Hello, Isaac on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I've been receiving a lot of questions lately since God told me to put my account public. I had been hiding specifically from all of the issues that were surrounding my life in Ohio. And the most common question I keep being asked is, did you know Jake Wagner was a murderer before you married him? This is The Piketon Massacre, a production of KT Studios and iHeartRadio. Season 3, Episode 3, The Alaska Wife and the Father Figure. I'm Courtney Armstrong, a television producer at KT Studios with Stephanie Lidecker and Jeff Shane. Elizabeth Wagner, whose voice we just heard taken from one of her public social media posts, has been something of an elusive figure in this case. After the massacre, we know the Wagner family liquidated all their assets and moved from Pike County to Alaska to start a new life. For two years, Father Billy Wagner, Mother Angela Wagner, eldest son George, and youngest son Jake, along with the daughter he shared with victim Hannah Mae Roden, lived a quiet and unremarkable life. They attended a local church regularly, And it was through the church that admitted murderer, youngest son, Jake Wagner, met his soon-to-be young wife, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, often referred to as Beth, is a wide-eyed, slim woman in her 20s with light blonde hair and blue eyes. She paints and was a Sunday school teacher. Elizabeth would become the third young woman to step into the Wagner's web. Here's Special Prosecutor Angie Canepa speaking recently to Judge Deering and the defense about the significance of Elizabeth Wagner and her whereabouts. It appears she's been in hiding. Judge, we would like to interview Beth, who is Jake's ex-wife, and we've not been provided her address. She's a key state's witness, we believe, and we have tried to locate her. Uh, The state says people are in danger, but they have not filed anything to preserve or present that issue. Elizabeth Wagner basically fled for her life when she left the Wagner home. I personally wrote a letter to the Social Security Administration to get her Social Security number changed so that she could change her identity and not be at risk of potential harm. Understandably so. The homicides had been committed by then 
and she was very much afraid for her life. So that is the reason. It, it is because of potential danger to this witness. Here's Stephanie and Jeff. Elizabeth serves as a very big piece to this puzzle. She's appeared on several lists as a potential witness. It also speaks to the fact that there is a pattern here. We were able to track down Elizabeth on social media, and because she's made her posts public, we're able to play you some clips from those. The most common questions I keep being asked is, did you know Jake Wagner was a murderer before you married him? And the answer is not really, because he came to our church in Alaska, which was pastored by Caleb Sinareski at the time, who was a very young preacher. He had vouched for the Wagner family and told the congregation that it was his understanding that they had been troubled by news reporters, but that it had been a slander and that the things were not true. So that being the case, I was not exactly set up, but in a way uh, encouraged to believe that Jake Wagner was innocent. So I got to know him. I spent a fair amount of time with him and his family, saw him every week at church for several months, uh, spent a fair amount of time with his daughter. And it just came to be that he and his family needed to move south from Alaska back to the lower 48. I did not know the reasons for this at the time. In retrospect, I have some personal opinions as to why that may have been. But the main thing I just wanted to communicate to people is that no, I was not aware that Jake Wagner was involved so intimately with these horrible, horrible killings. And that if I had known, there's no way in a million years that I ever would have married him. I was very, very, very upset after all of these things went south so quickly. I mean, I'd only just gotten married, and then I find out that my husband is not only not who I thought he was, but literally a person's worst nightmare. So I had to move three times since then, and I am not allowed to speak publicly or in private about the murders, or I would face personal consequences from the legal system of Ohio. This was a woman who was by all accounts fearing for her life. Can you imagine being a young girl living in Alaska? You meet a guy through your pastor, marry into the family who you now know to be a family of killers. There was one thing that always struck us, and we weren't really able to talk about it too deeply in season two, is that on August 15th, 2018, three months before the Wagner family was in fact arrested, Elizabeth went to the police in Pike County and filed a report of threats and harassment and that her address at that time was homeless. So that just offers a little insight into the life that Elizabeth was living. Special Prosecutor Angie Canepa was recently in court detailing the horrific situation Elizabeth Wagner was in when she lived with her husband, murderer Jake Wagner, Jake's brother George, and their parents, Angela and Billy. It's a story that might sound chillingly familiar given what we now know about the Wagner's mistreatment of George's ex-wife and victim Hannah Mae Roden, Jake's ex-girlfriend. 
In regards to Elizabeth Wagner, she ultimately moved back to Ohio with them and lived with the defendant and his entire family. Again, you'll see this same thing happening over and over again. Defendant and his family controlling every movement of Elizabeth Wagner, including but not limited to demanding all of her personal identifying information, her passwords, etc., and downloading tracking applications on at least one of her devices, specifically her phone. So when she would leave the residence to go to the library to apply for a job, and this all this information we have on the wire conversations between George and Jake. On the night of their wedding, Jake asked for all of her identifying information, including passwords to any emails, social media, etc. I would note that was before they consummated their marriage. So that is how pervasive this amount of control is. There's a few important things to note in what Angie Canepa just laid out. The first is how Elizabeth is the third woman who entered the inner circle of the Wagner family to end up under their complete control and running for her life. The second is a reference Canepa makes to the recorded wire conversations the prosecution has obtained between George and Jake Wagner. It begs the question of what else will be revealed in soon approaching court proceedings. Accusations of Elizabeth. Again, they accused her of being mildly physically abusive with the child and accused her of poisoning them with food. And basically, it was when Ms. Wagner accused her of poisoning them with food. That is when the alarms went off in her head because she was privy to conversations that they were having about how Tabitha had done that. As a reminder, Tabitha is George Wagner's ex-wife who lived with the family before they took custody of her son away. You know, she was led to believe that Tabitha was this terrible human. But when she started being accused of things that they had told her they accused Tabitha of, she became very concerned for her well-being. Jake and Angela Wagner confronted her in the kitchen. This was, the kitchen is the source of family meetings, typically amongst the Wagners and they confronted her because Angela had reported to Jake that the child in question had claimed abuse by Beth Wagner, and Beth adamantly denied this, and I would note for the record that the child never repeated that to anybody else, including Jake, but Jake did tell Ms. Wagner that if he ever learned that she had in fact abused this child, that he would beat her with a bat, and that if he didn't do it, then his brother George would, and if his brother George didn't, then Billy would, and that would be the right thing to do. You want to talk about gaslighting in a situation. So Elizabeth, living now with the Wagners, is hearing accusations from the Wagners about previous women, about them being bad and that they were poisoning the children. Now, with her... They create these allegations saying that Elizabeth is poisoning the children. They're creating these stories and rumors amongst each other and then threatening her, if it's true, me, Jake Wagner, your husband, is going to beat you with a bat. And if not me, my older brother, George, he's going to beat you with a bat. Oh, wait, if not him, my dad, Billy Wagner, is going to beat you with a bat. Over a rumor that they're starting within their own little weird bubble. I mean... We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Oh, oh. 
I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. Back in the 1990s in Las Vegas, a few of us dated the most eligible bachelor in town, Bob. He spoke several languages. He did medical missionary work, and he was Jewish. He was perfect on paper. But he wasn't. He really wasn't. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. Bob could lie about anything. It only takes the one time and somebody ends up dead. Unfortunately for Bob, us girlfriends know how to fight back. I wanted him to pay for his crime. He needed to be put to justice. I'll be honest with you, if I saw him right now, I'd spit on him. I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. I will always hound you and haunt you. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How rude, Tanneritos, is the Full House Rewatch podcast you've been waiting for. Each week, get together with iconic characters Stephanie Tanner and Kimmy Gibbler, also known as actresses Jodie Sweetin and Andrea Barber, as they team up to relive every episode of your favorite Friday night comfort show. We spent our entire childhoods on a little show called Full House, playing frenemies, but becoming besties whenever the cameras weren't rolling. And now, 35 years later, it's our biggest adventure yet. Get ready for Jodie and Andrea to tell all as they take an in-depth look back at life in and around the Tanner home from the very, very very beginning. So if you think you know everything there is to know about Full House, how rude. We'll be reliving every moment with you and we'll be joined by our Full House family including all your favorites from 192 episodes. We'll reveal the hidden treasures you may have missed within the show and we'll take a trip down memory lane together. Listen to How Rude Tanneritos on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In our 22 years of friendship, Andy, this has to be the most bizarre thing we've ever done. I know. I love it. Our podcast, My Vagina Said What, is a podcast where we ask our everyday vagina listeners to pull up a seat at the best friend's table as we share our most personal and humiliating stories and ask questions about women's bodies. We are going to discuss all body things. Like, what exactly are we supposed to do with our pubes? Oh my gosh. If you could have a heart-shaped pube that were bedazzled in pink rubies. Perimenopause. I feel right now justified. I'm going to start my own personal movement. I'm going to start blaming anything that goes wrong in my life on perimenopause. Leg hair too long. Perimenopause. (laughs) (laughs) Don't have the will to clean. Perimenopause. Exactly. Our whack periods, boob issues, and so much more. Listen to My Vagina Said What podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What? Hey, everybody. We know there are a ton of podcasts out there. Well, we have one we would love for you to check out. It is called the Pen Pals Podcast with Daniel Van Kirk and Rory Scovel. We are both stand-up comedians. We're actors. We're writers. But now, most of all, we are your pen pals. Every single episode, we get two letters that we read from our listeners, our new pen pals. It can be about anything going on in their life. And sometimes we're also joined by guests like Will Ferrell. I'm going to bring you up in front of the group, and I'm going to punch you as hard as I can. The stomach. Rose Byrne. Welcome this is West it. Hollywood. We keep it clean. Judd Apatow. If you yeah. use like Beats by Dre, is that mm-hmm. considered Andy Mandelwerk? Conan O'Brien. I'm just showing you that my mind is quick, if not that funny. And Mandy Moore. We're all crossing the line together. Listen to the Pen Pals podcast on Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sincerely, your new Pen Pals, Daniel Van Kirk and Rory Scovel.
These alleged threats against Elizabeth Wagner did not only extend to her, but to her family as well. Tabitha, George Wagner's ex-wife and mother of his child, cut ties with the Wagners. She ran in the night from their property, afraid for her life. We sadly know what happened to Hannah Mae Roden. Finally, Jake's now ex-wife, Elizabeth, was caught living the same nightmare. While Elizabeth was only with Jake Wagner for a short time, she met several relatives and friends in the Wagner's inner circle. Here's Jeff speaking with an anonymous Wagner friend and Angela's half-brother, Chris. What do you make of Elizabeth? She's a little bit out there. I think she was gullible. I don't know, but uh, she was easy for Jake to target, I think. And what about in Alaska, Jake's wife, Elizabeth? Did you ever hear of her or meet her or talk to her? That girl was weird, just strange. Did she come back to Ohio with them? Mm, from Alaska, yeah. Do you know what happened to that relationship? Oh, they split up. I don't know exactly why. This is our anonymous Wagner source on what she thought about Elizabeth. Specifically, how living with the entire Wagner family might have impacted her. Did you know Elizabeth, Jake's wife? I didn't know her super well. I met her, I think, three times. And she was a little odd. If you ever watch her thing, she has on like, um, what's that thing called? TikTok. Stuff that she said on there. And by all means, like I said, I was against it saying that they didn't kill no one and then supposedly they did. Like, Angela was a bitch, you know, and told her what to do and, you know, stuff like that. Yes, I definitely think Angela would rule stuff like that with her, especially living under her house, especially with the kids. And I definitely think whenever Elizabeth started saying that Suds was calling her mom and stuff like that, I think Angela's the one that took that way to heart. She didn't like that. No. Suds is a nickname those close to the child use for Angela's granddaughter, Jake Wagner and Hannah Roden's daughter. Angela obviously was the grandma, but I think she played it off more that she wanted people to think that Suds and was her kids also. If you ever was random, that's just the way it put off. And what was your first impression of Elizabeth? The first time we met her, she was like happy-go-lucky and talked and played with the kids and everything seemed cool. And then the next time it was like she was just sitting in the truck and they was here for like three or four hours working on trucks. And she just sat in the truck the whole time and didn't want to talk to nobody. It was like she didn't want to be here. You know, she didn't want to be in Ohio. You know, she would have rather not came down here and then when she did she knew she made the mistake of coming here i don't know why or what besides like i said i think angela ruled her like one of her kids you know that's what i think it was i think it was more angela on her than jake would have been anything like that Jeff recently spoke with wendy an old family friend of the wagners about being invited to jake and elizabeth's wedding According to Wendy, before his arrest, killer's son, Jake Wagner, was out and about in public, seemingly unbothered. They have this little place called Nanilchik here, and they did this little cute fair that had animals and pig races and just a few small rides and stuff. And we just kind of all ran into each other and sat down and started talking about how everybody was, how everybody's been, because we haven't seen each other really since we were kids. Wow. And so you're up in Alaska. Yes. Like, we all just kind of, like, sit back and think, like, it's kind of weird that you moved to Alaska. I didn't expect to run into them there. Because Nanilchik, from where they lived, was kind of like an hour and a half or so. So I wasn't expecting to run into them there. So when we did, I was nice. I said hello. You know, we talked a few minutes. 
But I mean, that's really the only interaction I've had with them. That and him inviting us to the wedding. Is Elizabeth there with him? If I remember correctly, she was with him and George and their mom. That's who all was there while they're speaking to me. I never really met his girlfriend, so I'm assuming that's who that was, the female that was with him. He seemed normal. Everything with the whole family was kind of like talking to normal people. Nothing ever came up about the situation. Nothing crazy ever came from it. And you didn't go to the wedding? I did not. Why not? I don't know. When they moved here, and like like I said in the back of my head, I kind of like was like, I wonder if they're involved. I don't like involve myself with that. I stayed away as far as possible. So whenever they invited me, I was like, oh, you know, that's cool, congratulations. But then like hung up the phone and was like, nope, not not going to that. Angela Wagner's role has centered on the narrative that she was one pulling the strings. The overbearing mother obsessed with being the ultimate matriarch. But what if everyone has it wrong and Billy was calling the shots? We last saw 51-year-old Billy Wagner in court in February of 2022. He's facing 22 criminal charges in connection to the killings. At six foot six and 274 pounds, Billy is an imposing figure but his hulking stature wasn't the only thing that got our attention in November of 2018. This was his first court appearance regarding the murders, and he entered the room with a scowl on his face and several noticeable tattoos. The first is on his left arm, and this tattoo is described by the Anti-Defamation League as three interlocking triangles known as the Knot of the Slain. It's of Norse origin. On his right hand, between his pointer finger and thumb, was also a scorpion tattoo. Some think the eight-segmented scorpion on Billy's trigger finger represents the eight rodent victims. It's important to note that George and Billy have pleaded not guilty and have not yet stood trial for the killings. Here's KT Studios producer Chris Graves speaking with death investigator Joseph Scott Morgan, Stephanie, and Jeff. You know, I think that people look at Billy and, my gosh, you know, when you see him walking into a courtroom, I think that he certainly makes lesser men shake. I mean, he is an imposing presence. If if folks have not seen this guy on camera, do yourself a favor and take a look at this guy's just physical dimensions lumbering forth into that courtroom. Massive hands, these kind of odd tattoos that he's got on his body. You know, he's just a big, big man imposing. You know, he is the kind of guy you would not want angry at you. So does that hulk that he presents as, does that mean that he's not capable of planning something like this? Is it the reverse? Everybody's money's been on Angela. How do we know? You know, we have heard now from multiple people about how Billy Wagner would grind his teeth. And it's such a scary visual. I actually thought about this when I drove out by the Wagner home place. You know, there was that story that came up that every time Billy would get angry, his way of apologizing to Angela was to go and buy her a basket. That her walls in her kitchen were decorated with these baskets. And wow, isn't that something when you think about that? You know, and can you imagine being a family member, even a peripheral family member that walks into the place, and the first thing you're going to do is to look up on the wall and see if Angela's added another basket. You know, because anything that she says or does, you know, Billy's going to fly off the handle. Maybe he's going to break something. I don't know. I don't know what the family dynamic is. But I tell you this, is you've kind of got this material representation of it in these things he would buy, and she'd put them up on the wall. 
Sure. But you also look at him and you know he's only had a seventh grade education. And would someone like that be capable of executing a plan of this difficulty just to play a devil's advocate? I'll play that game. And, you know, we can talk about this being nuanced intellectually, I guess, on, on one level. But when you see the savagery and the brutality that was exacted from a Roden family, I don't know. Is that is that a possibility? Could he be controlled at that level? Or did he sit down and he had a few lucid moments and he put this master plan together and he's telling everybody what to do? I don't know. Hopefully that's going to come out in court. And that's what's so compelling about this, because we've got the brutality that's well documented. Things are hidden from us at this point in time for a good reason. It brings me back to the overarching theme here, and that is who's calling the shots. Did it surprise you that it happened to be Jake and Angelo that took the pleas out of the four of them? It's not surprising to me that those two would kind of meld together, if you will. And it's going to be Billy and George against the world at this point in time. I hope that they've got sufficient defense counsel because it's going to be a hard hill for them to climb. Let's stop here for another break. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. Back in the 1990s in Las Vegas, a few of us dated the most eligible bachelor in town, Bob. He spoke several languages. He did medical missionary work, and he was Jewish. He was perfect on paper. But he wasn't. He really wasn't. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. Bob could lie about anything. It only takes the one time and somebody ends up dead. Unfortunately for Bob, us girlfriends know how to fight back. I wanted him to pay for his crime. He needed to be put to justice. I'll be honest with you, if I saw him right now, I'd spit on him. I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. I will always hound you and haunt you. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In our 22 years of friendship, Andy, this has to be the most bizarre thing we've ever done. I know. I love it. Our podcast, My Vagina Said What, is a podcast where we ask our everyday vagina listeners to pull up a seat at the best friend's table as we share our most personal and humiliating stories and ask questions about women's bodies. We are going to discuss all body things. Like, what exactly are we supposed to do with our pubes? Oh my gosh. If you could have a heart-shaped pube that were bedazzled in pink rubies. Perimenopause. I feel right now justified. I'm going to start my own personal movement. I'm going to start blaming anything that goes wrong in my life on perimenopause. Leg hair too long. Perimenopause. (laughs) (laughs) Don't have the will to clean. Perimenopause. Exactly. Our whack period boob issues, and so much more. Listen to My Vagina Said What podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What? On the best podcast ever with Raven and Miranda, you'll hear, well, the best podcast ever. Join Raven Simone and her partner Miranda Mayday as they let the wheel of words determine the topic of that week's show. Every episode will spin a wheel of random words from things like animosity to something like Zodiac and whatever it lands on. That's what we're going to talk about for around an hour. Think we can't do it? Well, then you've never heard us talk. 
Each week, Raven and Miranda and celebrity guests like Demi Lovato, Kiki Palmer, and Megan Trainer will spin the fateful wheel, and then the conversation will begin. Also, we're going to have a ton of amazing guests because you don't want to just hear us two all the time, do you? Yes, you do. <laughs> and somehow we're going to start with something like Spider and end with, well, when was your last nervous breakdown? <laughs> Listen to the best podcast ever with Raven and Miranda on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. We know there are a ton of podcasts out there. Well, we have one we would love for you to check out. It is called the Pen Pals Podcast with Daniel Van Kirk and Rory Scovel. We are both stand-up comedians. We're actors. We're writers. But now, most of all, we are your pen pals. Every single episode, we get two letters that we read from our listeners, our new pen pals. It can be about anything going on in their life. And sometimes we're also joined by guests like Will Ferrell. I'm going to bring you up in front of the group, and I'm going to punch you as hard as I can in the stomach. Rose Burn. This is West it. Hollywood. We keep it clean. Judd Apatow. If you yeah. use like Beats by Dre, is that mm-hmm. considered Andy Manwood? Conan O'Brien. I'm just showing you that my mind is quick, if not that funny. And Mandy Moore. We're all crossing the line together. Listen to the Pen Pals podcast on Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sincerely, your new pen pals, Daniel Van Kirk and Rory Scovel. In speaking with people who knew the Wagner family, we learned about the dynamics in the family. And George and Billy seemed to butt heads quite a bit. We also learned that there were sort of alliances within this cult-like family. Angela and Jake were described to us as very close and often together. And on the other side of that, George and Billy were often very close and together. And people went out of their way to say that Angela and George did not spend a lot of time together and Jake and Billy did not spend a lot of time together. So it's interesting to hear that despite being on the outside a very tight foursome, there were some cracks in that and some kind of power dynamics going on behind closed doors. And to that end, there had also been rumors that accused dad, Billy Wagner, was possibly not the father of youngest son, Jake Wagner. We did, in fact, go down that rabbit hole and pulled records and, in fact, pulled Jake Wagner's birth certificate. And and both Billy Wagner and Angela Wagner are, in fact, listed as his parents. So we put that rumor to rest. But again, in the town, it spoke to sort of an alliance between Angela Wagner and her youngest son, Jake Wagner, and maybe how Billy Wagner and George Wagner, the eldest son, that they were a fractured family. Here again is Angela Wagner's half-brother, Chris, speaking to Jeff about what he thought of Billy Wagner and Angela Wagner's relationship. How would you describe Angela and Billy's relationship? From when I was around it, he treated her like shit. And I mean, just talked to her like she's less than dirt. Billy continues to proclaim his innocence and his attorneys have requested the death penalty be dismissed before the trial. This request has been denied. In that hearing, Judge Randy Deering ruled that Billy Wagner's trial will start no later than October 31st, 2022. Based on our research, Billy Wagner has been in trouble with the law before. 
Charges include more serious ones like tampering with evidence and receiving stolen property in 2009. There are also some minor offenses such as speeding, driving without mud flaps on his truck, and boating without flotation devices. It should be noted that the last charge happened in Alaska. So post-rodent murders, Billy Wagner was enjoying some time on the lake. Frederica Wagner is Billy Wagner's mother. Patricia worked for many years for Frederica. Patricia was also accused murderer George Wagner's former mother-in-law. All that to say, Patricia has many inroads to the Wagners. Frederica couldn't stand Angela. She always believed that Angela married Billy for the money. She thinks Angela got pregnant just to trap Billy so she could get to the Wagner money. Do you think Angela felt that and Angela could tell that Frederica did not like her and not approve of her? Oh, yeah. They never did get along. I know that one time she worked for Frederica and she quit. I don't know what all that was over. Patricia's relationship with Frederica was a working one, but the two were very close and Patricia got intimate insights into the Wagner family's life, especially Frederica and her late husband, Bob Wagner, Billy's parents. What was Frederica's husband like? He was a sweetheart. He didn't cause no trouble for nobody. He stayed on the farm, except for he'd go to Kroger's and go grocery shopping. He stayed on the farm and worked with them horses till past dark. And Frederica would get on to him all the time for working too long and too hard, especially the older he got. And we were sitting in the living room one day, and he said the sweetest thing, and I'll never forget it. We were sitting there watching the horse races, and Frederica came in, she said something to Bob, and she said, oh, you don't want to see my old ugly face. He looked at her, and he said, sweetheart, when I look at you, I see you the day I met you. Just as beautiful. She bent down and gave him a big old kiss, and that was the sweetest thing I'd ever seen in my life. I'm thankful that Bob had Alzheimer's there when all this happened, so he didn't really know what was going on. But it kills me that Frederica has to go through it. Frederica and Bob Wagner had a long marriage and worked on a horse farm they owned, the Flying W. In addition to raising prize ponies, the Wagners also bred dogs. It seems a wholesome living, but there have been some rumors of Wagner's misdeeds. Turns out that Frederica Wagner, often known as the pious head of the hardworking Wagner family, was embroiled with some questionable dealings on behalf of her son, Billy. We know that Billy and Angela Wagner were convicted of receiving stolen property in 2012. The specifics of the following story are Patricia's recollection of events. Here again, Patricia speaking with Stephanie and Jeff. A lot of Billy's past. Billy's gotten in trouble and gone to jail for it. Do you know for what? Yeah. They would pull up to truck stops and hook Billy's rig up to a trailer and take off with it. And whatever goods were inside, they would sell. And they got busted for it a couple of times. Billy had the rig, and what got him caught is that they sold a truckload of boots and they took them to the flea market sell them, and the police said they wouldn't have gotten caught if they had just sold the boots by themselves, but they sold the boots in the box, which has tracking numbers on them to what got them caught. Billy Wagner and Angela went to jail over that, and a couple of other people had gone to jail with them because they were in on it too. We have heard versions of this story. The only reason I know is because I was sent to the jailhouse in Pike County to put money on their books. That's the only reason I know. So it's not hearsay for me. 
put money on their books, that means like for commissary and phone calls and stuff? Yeah. Who called you and asked you to do that? My boss. Oh, Frederica. Okay, got it. And if money wasn't really an issue, because we've always heard too that, oh, well, the Wagner family is prestigious and they have money. They have money. And yes, Frederica does have some old money. But most of the money that Frederica has, she worked herself to the bone, her and her husband both. But Billy was spoiled. He got everything, and Bob would get so mad, but Frederica would hand Billy money like you wouldn't believe. He'd just hand it to him. Because if she didn't, he threw a fit, so she spoiled him. It's just one failure after another with him. But it breaks my heart to see her and her daughter and her other son go through this. And my honest opinion is, yeah, part of it may have been behind but there's something greater behind it. They've drug other family members in, cousins and girlfriends and brothers. To me, it may be have something to do with that one little girl, but to me, there's, there's a bigger reason. You can't tell me that they walked in and killed eight people over one child. I'm never gonna believe that. I don't know why they did it, or if they did it for somebody else. I don't know. That's between them, God, and whoever they did it for. Who that may be is not clear to us. As we await upcoming trial dates, more evidence continues pouring out. According to this document, if it's true, George only goes along at the last minute to protect Jake from his own father. The document Anjanette is referring to is Motion 80, filed by George Wagner's defense attorneys. What's going on when Big Brother thinks, I gotta go along? to protect my little brother because dad might kill him. It does really kind of make you think, who was calling the shots in this operation? The state made a deal with the devil, basically. I know he says we made a deal with the devil. Unfortunately, there's more than one devil in this case. Well, it seems that Mr. Wagner drives a semi-truck for a living and the government put a bug in it. They're saying basically the cops were doing things to try to egg these people on so that they would say things on wiretaps. It's called tickling the wire, it's very common. They put information out and then see if anything's come of it. I think they use this in mob cases and stuff like that. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, what on earth could be so damning in these recordings? I guess George, in this scenario, was ready to die for his brother. That would be one hell of a car ride, wouldn't it? More on that next time. If you're enjoying the Piketon Massacre, listen to our other hit series, Crazy in Love. New episodes air every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. For more information and case photos, follow us on Instagram at KT underscore studios. The Piketon Massacre is produced by Stephanie Lidecker, Jeff Shane, Chris Graves, and me, Courtney Armstrong. Editing and sound design by Jeff Twa. Music by Jared Aston. Audio mixing by Ken Novak. The Piketon Massacre is a production of KT Studios and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. It's Las Vegas, it's the 1990s, and it is time to find a husband. 
there were four Jewish doctors who were felt to be eligible bachelors. One of them was Bob Berenbaum. On paper, he was perfect. But in reality... This guy's a wacko. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Elvis Duran on my new podcast, Thinking Out Loud with Elvis Duran. I'll be bringing you candid and maybe sometimes a little crazy interviews with people from all walks of life. We'll touch on subjects that you just can't talk about on the radio, like life, love, success, failure, whatever else comes to mind, but all jacked up. Because after being in this business for as long as I have, I want to get to the bottom of what makes people tick. Now listen to my new podcast, Thinking Out Loud, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So how does a half-American, half-Nicaraguan party girl from New Orleans, with absolutely no journalism experience, break the biggest story of the 80s? That's what Journalista is all about. I'm a woman, white beater t-shirt, not wearing a bra, curses like a sailor. I got balls bigger than any man. Dan Rather used to call me his secret weapon. Listen to Journalista every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's me, Isaac Mizrahi, and... Oh my God, we have such a special guest coming up on Hello, Isaac. It's the fabulous Andy Cohen. He's here to talk to us about all the stuff you want to talk to Andy about. And darlings, that episode is coming out on Monday, July 31st. Listen to Hello, Isaac on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in the Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.